What is going on, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I'm excited to bring you this compilation episode with a mesh of many different topics that I feel that are super important to resurface. All these episodes were released about three years ago, but they all tackle some great topics that I haven't talked about in a while. And I wanted to bring these back to light because I feel at this point in time in my life, they kind of all were a reminder that I need to take my own advice. Let's just say that. Um, So we're going to kind of talk about a few things here. So the first one is episode 285 where we talk about recovery. I haven't spoken about recovery when it comes to training in a long time, and I think I might even do a part two down the line for a solo episode, but I wanted to bring this up because a lot of people constantly push themselves to the limits and never take that time to actually recover. Second is episode 287, talking about this concept of, not concept, but a phrase many clients and even yourself, myself, have said many times, I eat pretty good. I think this phrase is kind of interesting because a lot of people don't actually have the self-awareness of what their eating habits are and how much they actually consume. So I wanted to bring this episode back because we're coming off of summer and we got to break out some of those terrible eating habits that we probably picked up going to many barbecues, camping trips, going to your cabin, things like that, where there's no you know, food structure. Uh, And then we're going to go into episode 288, where we kind of talk about mental health a little bit uh, in this one, but more so in particular anxiety and how that affects um, everything that we do in life. And I thought it was super important to bring that back. And lastly is me talking about learning empathy for yourself. We always try to be empathetic to others, but we always forget the most important person in our lives, which is you, yourself. So let's get right into these episodes. Hopefully you enjoy it, and here we go. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I am your lovely host, Rafael Matuszewski, and I am going solo, another recorded episode in my car while I'm driving and just expressing how I feel about the fitness industry. Um, Today we are going to chat about the importance of recovery. So last episode I gave the 5S challenge which a lot of people listen to. I was kind of surprised and you know, it just goes to show that people want tangible, actionable steps to getting to their goals. And you know, we had a good run talking about bigger picture stuff, but today we're gonna get into more of the nitty gritty kind of stuff. And I think the topic of recovery is where a lot of people are missing their mark when it comes to success. You know, when you look at our fitness society in general, it almost seems like you need to put yourself through pain to see any kind of return on your health. Like if you are not sweating, dripping wet by the end of your workout, if you feel like you almost had to pass out at one point, if you, those things are not accomplished, you're, you failed in your workout. You've didn't, like you didn't push yourself enough to, you know, what fitness society thinks is a standard when it comes to exercise. But if you really think about it, and if you really, really look into the science behind human physiology and how our body works, our bodies only get better when we recover. 
from any kind of stress you put to it. If you continually put stress into the body, your body is going to be like, fuck this. I'm going to send signals to the rest of your body to slow you down. And if you think about the people who don't sleep and work high stress jobs and then come home with a stressful home environment, those people are miserable, like miserable. And that's their body sending signals to slow the fuck down. So when it comes to workouts, it's a stress to your body. And your workout is only as good as if you can recover from it. So then when you go back to it and you do the same workout, your body had enough time to recover from the first go around to be prepared for the stress again. And that's where the whole idea of progressive overload comes. So I was just talking about this in my mentorship with all these coaches about how programming works. If you look at the history of programming, you know, back in 1940-something, I can't remember the exact year, but during World War II, a physician figured out that when he was done surgery with all these soldiers, to get them back to where they were, he figured out that progressive overload with exercise made them feel better, move better, and get their strength back. But it was slow progression, and it was a calculated progression. And this was the first kind of like form of strength training, even though it was worked in the rehab world. And a side note, a lot of stuff from the rehab world gets translated to um, the strength and conditioning world. And sometimes it works out really well, and sometimes it's it just fucks shit up. But anyway, um, going back to the whole idea of progressive overload, this is where the percentage of intensity comes into play. If you yourself, the trainer, is used to having these high intensity workouts and you can recover from it, and then you decide to create a program that you follow yourself and think is hard and you get sore, but you can recover from it. Imagine what happens when you give that to a general population person and their training age is like zero, you know? So, going back, your workouts are only as good as if you can recover from them. So, you going to a boot camp or following your friend's program that they found online or they designed themselves when you guys go to the gym together might not be the best choice for you. You know, a lot of people do more than they actually need to. Like, think about it. What's the mo like minimal dose to get to where you want to go? You know, like, you can boil water at 100 degrees and you can also boil water at 50. So if both methods get to the end goal, one may be faster than the other, but one that might be faster is actually burning through a lot more energy compared to you know, the other option of 50 degrees. So when you reach that boiling point and you just continually keep boiling, like water is boiled, like there's nothing else out there like you don't have to keep going so when it comes to this idea of training find the minimal dose just because your friend is working out for 90 minutes every single day doesn't mean that you need to do the same thing in order to achieve your results if you decide to work out 90 minutes a day and you're feeling sore as shit you feel tired than you more tired than you were before you obviously did way too much volume right and this is where the science of training comes in like you want to find that dose right before you're like holy shit that's way too much and stay right below it and slowly push that ceiling until you're able to keep progressing and eventually do the volume of someone that's been training for years and this goes into something called um, your training age. 
So for myself personally, I have, you know, probably 15 to 20 years. Let's go 15 years. I'm like getting ahead of myself here. 15 years of training age, meaning I've been consistently working out for 15 years. And with that comes, you know, experience and also adaptability to the stresses in the weight room. So comparing it to a person who's never worked out in their life or hasn't worked out in two decades and they start going to the gym, their training age is zero. If I gave that same person my workout, they would be destroyed and their body would go into like red flag mode, like holy fuck what's going on. So that's why you need to figure out where your threshold is and don't go beyond it. If you're constantly pushing the threshold, it goes back to this analogy of like, you have a glass cup and you can fill it with water. At the bottom of the glass cup is a small, small little, little hole that represents your body, you know, de-stressing constantly so then you can be in a state of homeostasis. When you start pouring more stress and more stress, that cup keeps overflowing and your body can't keep up with the amount of stress to go back to homeostasis. So what happens? Fuck a host of things at a physiology level, right? Your sleep gets terrible. You can actually gain weight. Even though you're working out like six days a week, you can be gaining weight from that because it's a stress. You can lose your appetite. You could be more hungry, which causes you to eat more, and the weight gain even happens even more than that. And then say, let's just throw this whole thing in the equation. Say you are a woman in her early 50s trying to lose weight, and now you're going through all these different hormonal changes, and then you're adding the stress of a shit ton of exercise that you can't recover from. It doesn't make sense, right? Something as simple as like, let's find the happy medium of too much exercise and just the right amount. So if you're a person that's constantly working out seven days a week and constantly going balls to the wall to you know, accomplish what, what you think your goal is, you're probably going in the wrong direction. And I've seen this so many times where people will work out every single day of the week and not lose a pound. There's always an underlying thing to why, but the first thing that I look at is, are, is the individual actually recovering from all the stress they're putting in? So now here's the other thing. What are you doing to um, you know, recover from that stress? And the first place I look at is sleep. These same people that want to train as many times as possible during the week to lose weight, to get fit, to get back to where they were before, sleep like shit. And they don't even know it. When I ask them, like, oh, how many hours a week do you sleep? They're like, oh, you know, I sleep pretty good. I get like six hours. And I'm like, six hours. What the fuck? <laughs> and then when I investigate a little bit further, that six hours is like a light sleep. They're tossing and turning. Sometimes they wake up in the middle of the night, can't get back to sleep. Or they do go to sleep at a reasonable hour, but falling asleep takes forever. And then they average six hours of in and out of sleep. So what's the problem there? They're, they're not recovering from their workouts because of sleep. If you look at high-end athletes where their training hours per week is anywhere from 20 to 30 hours, they're sleeping in the middle of the day to recover. They're doing other strategies to recover. Every elite athlete knows that in order for them to excel at their sport, they have to recover as quick as possible to meet the demand on their body from their sport. So why can't we look at elite athletes and apply the same rules to ourselves? When we look at Quality sleep plays a huge role in your success. Sleep regulates all of our freaking hormones. Sleep is so important. Think about the times where you've flown out of the country, had connecting flights, caught a red eye, didn't sleep on the plane at all, then you got sick and it took forever to get back to normal. That's how much sleep can affect you. 
right? If you look up Ariana Huffington, the woman who started Huffington Post, she wrote an entire book about her experience with the lack of sleep. She was at a point where she was trying to build her business and she was literally passing out in meetings to a point where she passed out, smoked her head on the table and gave herself a concussion and woke up in the hospital. And every single doctor is like, you just need to sleep. There was another CEO of a company that I can't remember anymore, but he was the same thing. He was like sleeping four to five hours a night to excel his company. And then he got terribly sick, terribly. And then one of the doctors said, you need to go on vacation and just sleep. And when he went on vacation and went to sleep, he ended up sleeping 48 hours straight. Like people don't understand how vital sleep can be for your body. So imagine all the stress you take on a daily basis from work, from home life to freaking what you put yourself through the gym. You need time to recover. The moment you start sleeping eight to nine hours a day will make a whole world of difference. You'll find yourself freaking waking up before your alarm. And I went through this myself. When I first started in the industry, I was waking up at 4.30 every single day. Not Monday to Friday, Monday through Sunday, working with clients to build my own business. And it took a toll on me, like, I felt terrible, just terrible. I had no energy, I forced myself to work out because that's what I thought it was good for me. The moment I started switching my schedule and waking up a little bit later, now I go into work and my business, like, I could take over the world. But again, there's always the outliers where they can work off six hours and be good, but think about optimal health levels. I'm always talking to clients about you want to be optimal and not just good enough. So what's going to take you from like just skimming by and being optimal? You need recovery strategies. This holds true when it comes to fat loss, strength, power, whatever your goal is. So my challenge to all of you is to start thinking about some recovery strategy you can implement. Something as simple as like going to bed 30 minutes earlier than you did before will make a huge difference. Is I eat pretty good. Anytime I get a new client, anytime I speak with someone in the gym or someone at a social event or just in general that's trying to lose weight trying to get stronger, trying to X, Y, and Z, whatever their goal is, you can just insert it. And then that gets followed by, I eat pretty good. So in my head, I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, sure. If you're saying that you eat pretty good and you're not seeing the results that you're looking for, that means your nutrition's nowhere near where it has to be. And I think people have this um, idea in their head that, you know, nutrition is kind of easy. And I think they have no idea actually how, you know, hard you have to like diet to get to where your goal is, you know? And then people get under the impression that, oh, I can never lose weight. Oh, I can never, you know, get to that weight I really want to. But if you can truly say that you are one hitting the basics, which are you know, drinking three liters of water, you're eating protein at every single meal, you're eating vegetables at every single meal, and you're not eating shit all day. If you're at that point, can you honestly say that you eat at a calorie deficit, you eat, you know, according to your macros that you are following online or your coach gave you or whatever you researched online, and you're doing that day to day. And if the answer is yes, okay, and then let's go a little step further. Are you actually tracking your calories? Are you actually weighing every single morsel piece of food to actually get to those calories? I'm pretty sure a lot of people are gonna say, no, I'm not doing that. Now let's take a step further. Have you done that for three months straight? 
without any drinking, any cheating on your diet, again with air quotes, probably not. This is what it takes to get there. Now I'm not saying that everyone has to do it, but when people say I eat pretty good and they're not seeing the results they want to, and they've been saying that for years, then maybe those are the steps you need to take. You know, losing that last 10 pounds or losing the last five pounds all take a certain amount of effort. You know, you're not gonna just wake up one day, hope for the best and just eat whatever is in front of you and weight is gonna fall off. No, that's not how it works. How it works is actually meticulous planning for it, just like anything else in life. If you had a huge meeting at work, you're not gonna just go in there and wing it. You're gonna prepare for it. You're gonna stay up the night before to read over your notes. You're gonna look at your presentation. You're gonna do this and this and this and this. So then when you go into that meeting, you're fully prepared and you look professional. It's the same thing with nutrition if you're trying to get to somewhere specific. You know, in the very beginning, starting your fitness journey, just a little switch of you know eating better and start moving whatever you do for exercise you're going to see results but as you start progressing you need to go harder and harder and harder you know you got to put things in perspective if your idea of how fit you want to be is going to be as close as like a fitness model on the front of the magazine you're going to have to sacrifice a lot like a lot so where am I going with this? I think a lot of people need to develop this idea of self-awareness when it comes to really, really honing in on what is achievable. If you've been saying I eat pretty good for the last X amount of years, you might need to reevaluate what you're actually doing. You know, I think a lot of people just assume that what they're doing right now is just going to continue to work for the next decade. It doesn't work that way. It's more complicated. You know, if fitness and health was really, really simple, which it is, and I'll tell you in a second why it is, then everyone would be fit and lean and we wouldn't have this obesity epidemic. The easy part is that it's like literally two things. Consistency and patience that I've been spewing forever, year after year, of the same thing over and over again. So I know I'm kind of like generalizing, I'm painting a, the big picture and I'm trying to shy away from that. So tangible things that you need to start doing. And I know that it's December 15th, 10 days until Christmas. You're not going to implement this tomorrow. You're not going to implement this today. You're probably going to do this on January 1st. So here's what you're going to do. This is what I tell every new nutrition coaching client on the most part but track the next three days of eating on my fitness pal or whatever calorie tracking device you have and then see what your average is 2000 calories to 2500 3000 whatever i don't care what the number is and then look at your macronutrient profile breakdown how much percent goes to fat to carbs to protein see where you're at a lot of times it's like 60% carbs, 20% you know, fat, maybe 20% protein, or the fat's a lot higher and the protein's pretty low, pretty low. For the majority of weight loss and fat loss clients, I wanna see that protein percentage go to 40. I wanna see that carb intake go to 30. And I want to see that fat um, profile go up to 30 as well. And I know there's so many different macro profile breakdowns that you can do. But for the most part, when I want someone to diet, I want them to feel full as much as possible. And if you increase your protein intake, it'll start regulating hormones to make you feel fuller. That's number one. On top of that, this is where sleep comes in. And this is similar to what I was talking about in my other episode about recovery. When you start sleeping eight to nine hours a night, it helps regulate your hormones, your hunger hormones, a lot 
more efficiently. So then you don't get hungry randomly and wanting to eat more. So now you have this increase of protein, you have this increase of sleep and better quality sleep. Now your hormones are happy, your body's functioning properly, and for some reason, you're not snacking at like 8 p.m. at night for carbs. It's because you've improved those two things. Now that we have that out of the way, let's look at our calories. Whatever you're eating right now, subtract two to 300 calories and do that for two to three weeks. See how you feel, see what the scale says, see what your measurements say, see how your clothes fit. And on top of that, let's exercise minimum three days a week. In the perfect world, I would love to see people work out every single day of the week. Imagine doing three strength workouts and two metabolic conditioning, and maybe two days of like active recovery if you're going for a long walk with your dog, maybe you are stretching, doing mobility work, whatever it is. That's a solid plan right there. Do that for three months straight. You saying, oh, I eat pretty good and weight's not coming off, this guaranteed is going to help you. But the missing key here is actually putting the work in. You know, January 1st is going to be a lot of people all gung-ho to change their lifestyle. But the sad thing is, after a couple days, it's just going to go down the, down the drain. And I've seen maybe a percentage of people that I know, people that I've coached, that actually you know, went cold turkey and just changed everything and they kept at it. And, you know, when I look at that percentage being so low, I'm like, there's no point. You might as well just start building habits. And this goes back into like habits-based nutrition where you take one small facet of whatever health thing you want to accomplish and just start chipping away at it. So then by the end of the year, you accomplished a lot you know people always try to take on more than they can take you know they always want to do 10,000 different things like everyone thinks that they're gonna lose weight make more money and like move into a bigger house get a promotion get a dog have a new kid like all at the same time like I don't know where this comes from but a lot of people again this goes back to what I said earlier self-awareness like Sit down and like really evaluate your life. Do you actually have what it takes to put 110% effort into um, your fitness and health goals? Look at every professional athlete when they retire, they gain a lot of weight. They've lived a life where it's, you know, if they are not fit and you're not eating properly to the highest amount of, you know, effort, they're going to lose their job because they're not performing. Think about every like UFC fighter out there. If they don't diet hard enough and don't train hard enough, they're not going to do well in the fight and they're not going to get paid. But then the moment they're done in their career, you know, sure they're going to continue working out, but not as hard as before. They're not going to diet as hard as before, and then their figure kind of falls off the wagon. So don't take things to the extreme. You know, you saying, I eat pretty good just tells me that you don't have the self-awareness that you actually need in order to succeed. You know, a lot of this fitness and health stuff and even just life in general, when we don't have enough self-awareness, we're not gonna get too far. You might think you're the shit of whatever thing that you think you're good at, but everyone around you that has the self-awareness can see that from the mile away that you're just blowing smoke up people's asses. Right? Like, take a second to like reflect on your life and see where you're at when it comes to being realistic. And you'll be surprised how far in life you'll get, not only in fitness and health, but everything else, every, work, um, relationships, like everything. It all comes into one. So I'm gonna end it there because I can rant about this for like hours without end. Hopefully I made some sense. Hopefully you took some bigger picture items home and also some tangible things when it comes to crushing diets. So thank you for listening. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Majuszewski, and I am going solo 
once again in my car doing a vlog, podcast, whatever the hell you want to call it nowadays because I don't actually sit at home anymore and you know, speak into my regular microphone. Um, but it's been going really good. Today is December 23rd and we're two days away from Christmas and I'm super psyched to spend time with family and eat my face off. And you know what, that's one of the things I wanna talk about too. There's a couple things I wanna talk about. Um, number one, during Christmas, I tell all my clients, realistically, you are not going to lose weight. So just get over that. And I just realized I'm driving at night, so I apologize for the darkness. So I'm actually gonna edit this video and try to put the brightness up as high as possible so you guys actually get to see my face. But you know, hopefully there's some moonlight that could come through my sunroof and uh, beam upon me so you can see my beautiful face. Fuck, where am I going with this? Anyway, um, yeah, Christmas time, let's be real people. We are not gonna be dropping weight, getting fucking shredded because you don't wanna be that person where you don't, you know, enjoy any kind of Christmas festivities, food, drink, whatever. And if you are one of those people, God bless you that you can actually do that. But let's be real, 99.9% .9 of the people out there are just like you and me, where we're gonna indulge a little bit. So lay that out. This is why a lot of people January 1st get on that whole high horse of new year, new me, I'm gonna get fit and healthy. But anyway, the actual topic I wanna talk about today is this topic that is close and dear to my heart, anxiety. You know, the nice thing about having my podcast is being able to reach out to listeners and getting their feedback. So I wanted to give out shout outs to everyone who's DM'd me through Instagram or messaged me through Facebook. You know, just giving kind words that this podcast has helped them and just goes to show that I need to reach more people. You know, I hope that my podcast can reach millions of people around the world and help them as much as possible to get through the shit that we have in our life. And one of the things I want to bring up is this topic of anxiety because a lot of people like it or not, they deal with a lot of mental health issues. You know, a lot of times I've brought up mental health on my show and people feel relieved that someone's talking about it. Like, I don't understand why people don't want to talk about it. And with people dealing with the stuff that's going inside their head, if they start talking about it, a lot of good things will happen. You know, like, I think this is a personal opinion of mine. A lot of people dealing with mental health issues, even if you just talk about it, you're on the right path to heal yourself. The last thing you want to do is keep everything bottled up inside and not have a chance to let it out. You know, a lot of times when you're dealing with anxiety, depression, emotional just crap, the thing that you want to do is become this introverted hermit and not speak to anyone. And I've had my fair share of experiences where I don't want to talk to anyone. I start thinking dark thoughts and it just doesn't get me anywhere. And like, I thank God every day that I have a wife that listens to me and is literally my rock when it comes to these things. So I can only imagine when people are alone and they come home alone with these thoughts, these feelings, fuck, like you're in a hole that you literally can't get yourself out. And this is the stuff I was feeling when 
I used to be overweight. And for those listening who haven't gone that far back into my podcast, listen to my early episodes that are super embarrassing of how terrible I was speaking to people. But um, I used to be really, really overweight. And the depressing feelings, the feeling of being stuck in this hole, this dark hole, could never leave me. And it wasn't until I found exercise, it started going away. So when you look at you know psychology research or behavioral research, a lot of triggers are the reasons why people have so many anxiety. So much anxiety, anxiety attacks, you name it. Like an example for me, funny enough, with this podcast, like I'm such an introvert at heart. You have no clue. A lot of times when I meet people, they just think I'm this like outgoing person and I can do it, but it takes a lot out of me. Like it just drains me to a point where when I come home, the last thing I want to do is talk more. But I hate, I hate getting out of my comfort zone, but I know that's where my growth comes from. And that's why I've you know, year after year, I always try to push myself out of my comfort zone. And I think this is why I'm so good at what I do. And when I first started this podcast, I was way out of my comfort zone, way out of it. But I forced myself to interview these big names in the industry. And probably for the first like 50-ish episodes, it was a lot worse in the beginning, but I had so many anxiety attacks where I didn't want to interview. I just didn't want to wake up. I lost sleep the night before. I wanted to throw up. I wanted to like just go into my closet and curl up into a ball and not do the interviews. But then the moment I started talking to a guest, I was like, what the fuck? Why do I feel like this? When you look at the research when it comes to behavioral psychology, a lot of people who deal with anxiety, it comes down to what their triggers are. And when you start you know, filtering through a lot of the information out there, a lot of these triggers have, are, are dealing with stress. You know, work stress, spouse stress, stress in general from every day. It builds up and a lot of times people dealing with anxiety, they don't know how to filter it out. And honestly, I think, again, this is a personal opinion of mine, I can be completely wrong, but it almost seems like almost every single one of us who's chasing some sort of fitness goal that has failed over and over and over again, we all deal with some sort of anxiety, depression, some sort of mental health state that's not, I want to say good enough, but not at a point where we can function to be successful it's a block like we have a mental block against us and it's like literally just running into a wall over and over and over again and you can't get past it you know Winston Churchill had a really good analogy for his depression and he would describe it as like a black dog following you down the street and as much as you try to walk faster, run faster, that dog is always behind you, reminding you, hey, I'm here. Where the fuck do you think you're going? You know? And I always talk about the bigger picture. And like the last year, I've been really putting the points together. And if you really think about it, if the stuff in your head doesn't like function the way it should, how do you think the rest of your body is supposed to react to that? You know, everything stems from the chemical balance in our brains. If the stuff in our brains are not functioning properly, the rest of our body can't comprehend what's going on. You know, people that are successful at exercise tend to be happier, tend to be more outgoing, tend to be people that seem like they can just do anything. And the people that have anxiety, depression, emotional trauma tend to be the people that don't want to do those things. If you look at exercise research, it's astonishing what 
it can do to change the chemistry in your brain. You know, all the endorphins that come out when you start exercising are like your natural painkillers. And you can find research that shows that these endorphins show up with a mere like three to four minutes of exercise. Like that's fucking crazy to me. And I remember reading this, I'm like, we need people moving just for five minutes a day. And this is why when I'm in the clinic, and this is a huge thing, because a lot of times when people are injured and they're at the same time trying to lose weight, but they have another thing against them, their injury. You know, they could be coming off a shoulder injury, low back pain, whatever it is, but now they have another hurdle. You know, can, can you imagine how defeating that can feel being a person that's overweight with an injury and you have everything against you? Like, fuck, that is, I, I can only think about how difficult that can feel. This is why I encourage every single patient I see, I tell them like, all I want you to do is the exercise I've given you every single day. And then something as simple as a CARS morning routine. So if you don't know, CARS is an abbreviation for controlled articular rotations. Basically, it's a fancy way of saying, we're gonna move your joints the way they're designed to over and over and over again. So I tell people that when I show them this CARS routine, I tell them, I want you to do this every single morning. If you do three repetitions of each joint, meaning your neck, your shoulder blades, your shoulder, your T-spine, your hips, your elbows, your wrists, your knees, ankles, it'll take you five minutes. It might not seem like a lot, and a lot of people brush it off, but the patients that do it, like the week after they come, the month after they come, they've changed. They're chemistry in their brain has changed. All those endorphins are firing like crazy. They feel motivated. They feel happy. Their injury starts, you know, disappearing. They're getting better. The mental side of this whole fitness and health game is huge, huge. I've seen it time and time again, you know, like I've done a couple presentations with the chiropractor I work with and we had to talk to about 40 people and they were in a, it's like a WorkSafe um, program and we were the last presenters of the day. And you know, it's like three o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, everyone is tired, grumpy and blah, blah, blah. And all we did was talk about the benefits of exercise and movement and I showed them the CARS routine. Within minutes, people were laughing, people were happy. Like it was unbelievable, like I wish I had, you know, a GoPro on my forehead to show the change, the change in energy in the room, all from like three to five minutes of movement. <sighs> Exercise is so, so important for people dealing with depression and anxiety. The hardest part is showing up. Sometimes people get anxiety just thinking about holy crap I have to go to the gym and spend an hour why not just do something at home why not just go to the gym hell like when I help clients online through shit like this sometimes all I want their goal to be is sign up online to a gym and just go to it don't even work out just get into the habit of driving to the gym every day or every second day or whatever it is Make the habit. Things as simple as movement can change so much. You know, I'm not saying that exercise is going to fix every mental issue that everyone has out there or emotional baggage that we have, but it's a powerful tool to have by your side. And you'd be amazed how much it can change. Because what exercise is interesting to me is that the moment you start, it becomes addictive. You know, you start seeing the benefit, your mood changes, and you're like, holy fuck, I think I found the holy grail, all from exercise. I want you to guys really, really think about that. Anyone dealing with any kind of mental, mental health issue, like, 
feel free to reach out to me, reach out to anyone for help. But exercise is more powerful than you think. So I'm going to leave it there. What's up, podcast listeners? It's your host. We're found with Shevsky, and we got new music, a new year, and I'm excited to share this podcast episode with you because I think it's going to be a well-rounded like topic that most people don't talk about for themselves and it's all going to be started with some self-reflection some self-discovery to make 2020 your year so without further ado we got to do some shout outs because i'm particularly excited about this episode because i am actually at home not driving i'm Unfortunately, sick under the weather. I'm in a full body sweat right now. Stuffy nose. If I start, you know, sniffling or sneezing, you'll know why. But um, I'm going to do some shout outs because my top three cities are all brand new. Um, number one, although in the UK we got a city of Ripon. Shout out to everyone in the UK. Um, number two, all the way in Poland. Hopefully, I don't mispronounce it and do my people a complete embarrassment. The city of Gliwice, Gliwice, hopefully I said that correctly. Anyone from Poland listening to my show, feel free to reach out and tell me how to pronounce that correctly. Um, Fun fact, I was actually born in Poland in a city called Katowice. Um, Shout out to everyone in Katowice in Poland that may be listening. Anyway, number three, all the way in the States, we got the city of Denver in Colorado. Shout out to everyone in Denver listening to my show. Actually, two years ago, I was in Denver for a wedding and awesome place, awesome, awesome, awesome views of mountains and honestly, it was a cool, cool place. Um, And a honorable mention that I want to throw in here is where are we where are we gotta scroll down a little bit here there it is um london the city of london in the uk was number five so a lot of international love today which is freaking awesome but anyway we're gonna talk about the true kind of path to success when it comes to fitness and health and i honestly think it's empathy for yourself so I've brought up this whole topic of empathy to other you know coaches on my show as I feel like it's a good quality to have as a coach to kind of really understand where the clients coming from but I haven't really heard anyone talk about empathy for themselves and I think that's a great place to you know start because when it comes to starting your fitness health fitness and health journey like many of you are or maybe this is the fourth time around you know new year new you whatever the bullshit phrase is and you want this year to be different you want to be successful finally you want to finally hit that goal of 20 pounds 10 pounds whatever it is but i think the missing piece when it comes to any kind of new year resolution is having empathy for yourself so you know start of this month everyone's going to be you know grinding it out at the gym they're going to try to be consistent and you know they're going to get to that point where you know that little voice in their head goes you know what you don't have to go to the gym today you're super sore you've been at it for two weeks straight you deserve a rest and then that rest day turns into two days to three days to four days to a binge meal to an all weekend binge of alcohol and whatever you can think of and then you go well what the hell i'm back to square one and you're like you know what i want to pick it back up you know february 1st and you kind of go into this vicious cycle it just doesn't really happen and it becomes this like all or nothing thing that i brought up on my show a bunch of different times but Imagine if you develop this whole idea of empathy for yourself. Say you are this person that, you know, in a week's time, two weeks' time, when you get 
faced with your first kind of roadblock in your journey to finally hitting your goal, having a little empathy for yourself going, you know what, I did really, really well for the first two weeks of January. Sure, I ate out for lunch or I went out drinking with a bunch of friends or I went to a dinner party and I had way too much to eat. Imagine if you could give yourself some grace and be like, you know what, this is just part of the journey. This is doesn't mean that I'm back to square one. I'm going to get right back into it this next meal, this next day, this very second by changing your mindset. Imagine having that tool in your arsenal to be successful. You know, so many of us think it like everything needs to be perfect when it comes to fitness and health, right? And it blows my mind. Like that doesn't make sense for anything that we do in life. Imagine if you were in school and you were studying for weeks without end or, you know, cramming in one weekend to do a final exam on Monday and you end up getting like, I don't know, say 76%. Like, that's pretty fucking good. Like, you were super stressed about it and you did your best and you did your exam and you're like, boom, I got 76. Awesome, I can move on. I'm doing great. But when it comes to fitness and health... If nothing is 100%, it's enough for us to, like, just throw everything out of the window that we were doing right before then. Like, can you imagine if you were in school, you got that 76%, you're like, well, fuck, it wasn't 100%, so I'm going to fucking quit now. Like, it's silly. It's silly. But for some reason, when it comes to fitness and health, we're, like, ready and willing just to cut everything off. Like... The first two weeks of January where we did really, really well, it didn't even fucking matter because of one meal, one weekend, one night, one dinner party, whatever it is, right? Like, when you put things in perspective like that, you're like, holy shit, there is something going on fucked up in my head, which is a whole nother topic that we can get into, but think about if you can develop empathy for yourself, and for the longest time, I've been asking other coaches and other people on my show, like, how do you teach empathy to somebody else? And I think I was so wrong of asking that because how can you teach that to someone else if you can't teach it to yourself? And, you know, there's this huge kind of, like, movement online when it comes to, like, gratitude and, like, counting your blessings and everything like that. And... I think a lot of times people miss that. I think people miss taking the time to like really check in with themselves and start listing all the things they're grateful for. So I do this indirectly. Like every night before I go to bed, I always kind of go through all the things that I'm thankful for. Like every day I thank I'm so thankful for, you know, having my health, having a strong relationship with my wife, for having a dog, for having a place to live in, having a job, having, you know, something as, like, miraculous as this internet thing. Because other places in the world don't have this. The fact that I'm talking right now to you, to all these people all over the world to listen to my message, like, that's fucking amazing. Right? Something as simple as, oh my god, the privilege of having a car to go to work compared to using transit or hopefully one day Uber because Vancouver still doesn't have freaking Uber. Um, you know, like small things like that. The fact that I can turn on electricity to power up my whole, my whole place. The fact that I could have hot water in my shower. Like These are all the things I'm constantly telling myself I'm grateful for. So now let's transition this to the fitness and health arena. Like, every night, every day at some point, you should take a second to be thankful for the things that you've already done that's going towards your goal. Like, this is how you build empathy for yourself. Imagine if you took the time to really, really break it down. Like, you know what? This morning, I drank a full bottle of water. Yesterday, I hit all my macros, or yesterday I ate protein every single meal, or you know what, this past week I worked out every single day, 
and you start really listing out all the things that you've done to get towards your goal, you're going to start really feeling different feelings when it comes to when, it, when you're faced in any kind of adversity towards your goal. Imagine when you start reflecting on all the things you've been doing right and that moment that you have to go out to some gala, to some family dinner, and nothing is going to go towards your plan of getting towards your goal because they eat food that's not so-called healthy. After that event, shindig, or whatever it is, is done, you're not going to be like, well, fuck it. I already screwed up this one meal, this one night, the last two or three weeks of the new year. Over for me, I'm going to start on February 1st. Instead, because you've been reflecting on all the things you've been doing right, you'll be like, okay, well, I survived that. My body didn't explode and gain 10 pounds. I'm all right. I'm going to hit it hard tomorrow. And then the next day. And the next day. And maybe I'll have a beer halfway through the week. Like, small things like that. You know, I think the moment that we can start being more empathetic to ourselves is going to change a lot of things for 2020. You know, today I posted this morning, you know, the four things that are that will make you successful in 2020. And the first thing was a longer timeline. Everyone that fails meeting their New Year's resolution in health is because they're giving themselves six to eight weeks to achieve it. Make it an entire year. I've been saying this forever. And the empathy is going to go hand in hand with this big time. My second thing <laughs> is to pick one diet. If what for whatever reason you decided to do some sort of weird diet thing that is complicated or whatever it is, it's keto, it's intermittent fasting, it's vegan, whatever you decide to choose, do it for this entire year. So many people jump to one thing to another over and over and over again because they think if they try something different, it's going to, you know, fix all their issues. No. Stick to one thing. And this goes hand in hand with the next point. It's consistency. If you are starting to work out, if you're starting to eat healthy or follow a diet, do it every single day, day in and day out, at least 90% of the time. Remember, you don't have to have 100% on an exam in order to keep going. 76% is still good. It's better than zero, right? And the last thing is patience. Patience, patience, patience. These four things intertwine with each other and they're supercharged with this concept of having empathy for yourself. Imagine how powerful you'll be by the end of this year if you practice those four things while developing empathy for yourself. That's dangerous. That will change not only you achieving your fitness goals, but you becoming a better human being, a better person for your spouse, your friends, your coworkers, a better person for the world. Like, I'm thinking really, really big picture, and it might sound cheesy, it might sound woo-woo, whatever, but there's always a bigger picture in anything that we're trying to achieve in life and I think that's what we need to focus on but it's always starting with these small little things life skills we need life skills that will replace bad habits that we've been doing for years decades so I'm gonna leave it there empathy people build empathy for yourself and that will like surely take you in the right direction and finally give you the success you've been hoping for this year thank you so much for listening to me ramble while i'm sick and i'm about to cough up a lung because my throat is super dry from talking 
Share this podcast with your friends and families. Give me a five-star review. You know, post this on every social media platform out there to spread the message. You guys are truly amazing. Thank you, thank you so much. Hit the show notes. Add me on Facebook. I'll say what's up. So then you can see all the video and photo stuff that I post online, on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, you guys.